It's Monday, May 4th. Oh, may the 4th be with you. With, with, <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I felt like I was, I felt like I had a, <laughs> what do you call it? A lisp or something? May the 4th be with you. <laughs> when may I said with. Be with you. I, don't, I think it's supposed to have. Uh, that may the fourth sound. be with you yeah it is but it felt weird in my <laughs> in my mouth you're listening to the tech breakfast podcast the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with tyler gates russ campbell and aaron Bewley. we haven't heard from russ yet this morning i think he's really busy interviewing people in austin Always. no he's not in austin he's in las vegas right now dell tech world oh that's right so dell it's tech like 6 a.m his time that's why we haven't heard from him he hasn't gone to bed i hope yet. you're <laughs> I was about to say, I hope you're sleeping well, and then I had the same thought as you. <laughs> All right, it's episode, let's see, 253, and I think we just hit another milestone. Let's see, we have eclipsed 45,000 plays, which is pretty cool. And uh, what's going on, Tyler? How are you? Man, life is good. It's It's been heavy on uh, on trailer modification projects and battery building. and Yeah, dude, work. I got to hear about this. The, the battery stuff, like you've always impressed me with your electronics and your electrical knowledge and all that kind of fun stuff. What are you building? Oh, I'm digging what, it. What is happening it's tons here? Of fun. I'm, I'm building a, a big old battery. Um, or, I mean, it's mostly built. Uh, in fact, today I get a crimper. I didn't have an appropriate crimper for high-gauge wire, so I can actually hook the BMS up, and discharge it, track it, and do all that stuff. But basically... What is BMS? Um, battery I, management system. Battery management system. Yeah. So, like uh, yes. modern modern batteries, um, in in particular the lithium iron phosphate batteries, which you know we've talked about a little bit, but they're very stable. They're very uh, capacitive. You know, they've they've got a lot of features that are um, beneficial, right? They're less, much, much less likely to like spontaneously combust, like the uh, lipo batteries that they put in phones and. You, run your drones with and stuff like that life po four is different um and uh and anyways long story short they're they're lighter and sort of more capable than their their equivalent like agm or deep cycle uh lead acid counterparts um and so uh, i ditched the agm battery that was in my my camper and i ordered independent Cells from uh, a, a distributor here in the U.S., but ultimately, when you say AGM, that's like a car battery. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's it's okay. a type of yeah. It's it's a particular chemistry of twelve volt battery traditionally used in cars. I mean, there are a couple other use cases, but yeah, vehicles as starter batteries, and um, they're also they're they're considered deep cycle batteries. Of course, the irony mm. there is that they still don't recommend you take them below fifty percent of their rated capacity, or it shortens their life. Um, mm. And that's, I mean, that's always been a problem with, I guess, older, older chemistries and batteries. LIFO4 batteries, they're not perfect. They don't recommend that you keep them overcharged. So uh, most people will keep them charged at roughly 80 or so percent, um, but they can discharge to near zero. And, and the, the thing, thing about batteries is um, in general, but especially in the lithium, anything chemistries, it, there are certain things you should never ever do to them or it will damage them ruin them or cause them to explode so you get Wait, a battery are you talking about batteries or system. yes no, i was gonna make a <laughs> yeah, joke right. about like myself or something i don't know oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, i'm not that explosive anyways treat me um, a certain way i don't know never mind. so the, the bms makes sure that that if like temperatures are wrong it stops letting electricity flow if uh, if, if they're being overcharged, it will stop it. If they're being undercharged, it will stop it. Um, so they're, they're basically just a computer that keeps track of individual cell um, voltages, which tells it, you know, kind of how much charge it has, and then will do safety shutoffs. It, and then they'll also trickle charge to keep things balanced because you can lose a lot of capacity in a, in a larger battery that's built up of a bunch of cells, if you're not um, keeping them kind of right at the same level, uh, you end up sort of going to the lowest common denominator if they drift too far apart. And the BMS will help keep them closer together as well. So okay. all that and stuff. The, it, the thing that you're talking about right now, mm -hmm. the lithium iron phosphate, if I remember correctly, that's what Tesla is using now. Yeah. That's, yes. that's the chemistry and, they moved to. Okay. Right. And cool. so, so like these batteries specifically, um, they are, they're, they're considered class A lithium iron phosphate cells. Um, 
I, I forget all of the things that that get listed in that, but basically they they are really tight in their specification. And so there are a couple of producers that were actually providing batteries to Tesla until Tesla picked up their own capacity. And I don't actually know what the mix is at now. And and two of them were um, cattle. Cattle is one of the biggest ones, C-A-T-L. You'll, you'll hear about cattle batteries. Um, if I'm not mistaken, cattle was like one of the number one suppliers, if not the supplier for Tesla for a while. So they're kind of regarded as being very high quality cells. And then there's another one called EVE, EVE. Um, and they also have very well-reviewed, I'll say, um, cells. So their quality tends to be high, uh, both visually and then also, you know, in the in the testing of the battery. So I ended up with EVE cells. I got 12 um, 280 amp hour, 3.2 volt cells. And to build a 12 volt battery, 12 and change, right? You have to put them in a certain configuration. So that's what I've been working on. I, I put them in the right configuration, but I also brought them all the way up to sort of the maximum um, rated charge to top balance them as they call it. And then I'll discharge it and I'll track it all the way down and then you know fill them back up and then probably track them down again just to sort of see exactly where the capacity is and make sure that things are staying balanced because that makes them safe. And then I'll yeah. kind of put them in their permanent enclosure and uh, drop it in the camper and I'll be able to run for days, literally. Dude, incredible. How does the energy density rating on lithium iron phosphate compared to these others i don't i don't know let's see I, I i can't tell you off the top i know that like for for instance if you made a lithium iron phosphate battery roughly the size of a large deep cycle agm battery or mm -hmm. uh, lead acid battery they're somewhere between two-thirds and half of the weight and and yeah. can have uh you know considerably more capacity in that I, but it's hard to say I, I never really uh, you're if you if you get a 12 volt battery and you peeled back its cover lithium iron phosphate it's almost certainly going to be four of the smaller 3.2 to 3.6 volt cells right mm -hmm. um the the amp hour rating of those batteries is going to determine how big it is so if you get a four amp hour 3.2 volt cell it's going to be tiny if you get a 100 amp hour two two 3.2 volt cell it's probably it with three of its friends going to be smaller than than like a 100 amp hour AGM 12 volt battery, um, and it will be lighter as well, not lighter than even the battery of the same size. So um, I don't have a direct comparison. I don't know exactly what the energy density multipliers are, but it's it's measurable um, and, yeah. and quite a bit. So. Looks like, let's see, higher discharge rates needed for acceleration, lower weight, and longer life makes this battery type ideal for forklifts, bicycles, and electric cars. And then 12-volt LifePo batteries are also gaining popularity as a second house battery for a mm -hmm. caravan, uh, motorhome, or boat. Yep. Huh. Very cool, man. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. And I have read some stuff. Um, I, I'm Right now, I'm not planning on having uh, two two batteries but um i need to look at what the long-term impacts are of like starting my generator off of this battery of course the hope is that i won't really need to um uh or at least not much generator basically just be there to charge it um yeah. in a pinch so uh but i already got the generator came with the camper so we'll see. yeah we've got to make sure that the um the solar panel thing that i've got works it just has the alligator clips the the red and black on it would that be fine because I noticed yeah, right your yeah. your camper also has like a an outlet plug, but I'm sure there's probably some way to yeah. They call that solar it. prep, um, but but okay. my camper's my camper was built in 2016, so solar prep means a lot of things to a lot of people and um, more Is that modern standardized campers. Though? No, Is that like a standard? well, the the, okay. the 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 connectors tend to be right. Um, okay. I I forget what there's something something M4 AM4 maybe. I'd have to look back. I I haven't played around with that too much, but the that is a connector that that did seems to be a pretty common standard for um, panels, whether it's microinverters or or um, you know direct DC to to some sort of junction. Um, that's the connector that I have on my camper. But if you if you literally look behind that wall, that it's a faceplate that has that standard connector. And if you went and oh. bought like a suitcase. Um, solar cell right like just a, yeah. a charger that you can unfold 
chances are it's either going to have a couple options oh. or it's going to have one option and that plug is going to be that yeah, I found it. it and it's yeah, just I've... it's 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 like a small version of um an anderson clip connector right but at the end of the day it doesn't matter behind that panel and and yeah. on the back side of that plug are two tiny gauge wires that just exactly. go directly to the battery <laughs> exactly i, I so just pulled up a you yeah, skip I just pulled it up entirely. yeah here i'll drop it in the tbp chat this made all the sense in the world to me. So you can see the the solar prep outlet there, which is what I saw on the outside of your yeah. camper. And then the the suitcase solar panel I've got is just a, a positive and a negative. And yeah. all this is is just those two wires in a different with type a, of With a connector. connector. Yeah. Right. So you can just bypass that and connect it directly to the battery. You can, yeah. And the, the upside, of course, something like that is that you don't have to open your compartment. You can just plug it in. Connectors yeah. are great because they they tend to have uh, a repeatable connection, right? If you hook your clips up wrong, you can you can have some problems, but it's not very hard. It's yeah. really fine. We could just open it up and wire it directly to a battery and you're fine. Um, so could and you just connect uh, it to any... Like, I, I have... It seems like there's so many different ways that you could mess it up the battery that, that you're building. Now you seem pretty intelligent on it. Um, I don't know. I just have a ton of different questions floating through my head on it. But well, I mean, there are you, a lot of ways to yeah. screw it up, but that's the the beauty. The best thing about it is that like once it's set, if, if I don't screw up the top balancing, which I don't believe I did, then um, it's, and, and they didn't explode, right? That's a pretty good indication that I <laughs> sure. Um, then the, 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 once the BMS is wired in, it, it's a lot harder to mess it up. You know, lithium iron phosphate does not like charging um, in freezing temperatures. So if it's, I think it's zero C, it's literally um, zero uh, or freezing, then then the BMS won't allow it to charge. It won't let current to go in because that can damage the battery because the, the chemistry, and I don't actually know the chemistry reasons, but basically once it's that cold, that lithium iron phosphate, uh, you know, capacitive cell uh, apparently behaves differently when it's when it has a charge applied to it and it's that cold and it and it ruins them or can ruin them. So yeah. the BMS w won't allow it to charge at all. It won't because the BMS really is it's like in front of the battery basically. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll I can kind of show you a picture when I get it built, but uh, the the load it, it won't it can prevent a circuit from existing. Um, and it can okay. prevent that circuit from existing without damage to itself up to some pretty healthy amperages, continuous amperages, right? And that's how everything's so, rated. How did you pick the BMS? Um, well, the supplier had them, and that was part of it. Okay. And uh, I was able to find they were in stock. That's how them. I picked it. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, and and they were all I they, I won't say they're all the same, but they're they're all pretty much the same, right? As yeah. long as as long as you can. Um, get into them somehow right yeah. like some have a physical connection some have bluetooth um you can set the parameters so that it knows which battery it's actually looking at how many amp hours etc stuff like that you can confirm that stuff then it's pretty much set and forget does it have any like warranty or insurance thing like when you look at surge protectors it's like you know insure your <laughs> systems up to you know whatever dollar amount or something do you get the same sort of mm -hmm. thing from a bms i'm just nervous about and it's just my own lack of education on it, but sure. the amount of money for these cells and the, uh, but maybe it's not that easy to mess them up. I, yeah, I don't know. What are you, what are your uh, thoughts on that? You just, well, yeah, you just, I mean, just implicitly I, trust the BMS. Um, uh, well, I mean, you, know you kind of I mean? have to, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot. You, I mean, I say, I say you kind of have to, but my, my battery wired into my camper will have a series of fuses um in in line ah, and yeah. those fuses will be rated to protect the the weakest component and for for now i don't have a large inverter um and without a large inverter i'm never going to be drawing that much amperage from the battery so there's a really really low risk of doing any damage to anything as a result when i introduce a large inverter um, you know, just the way the math works out, I will probably have to break my cell apart and use multiple BMSs. Um, and that's because the BMS I have, the rating is, is pretty high. Um, it's, it's 200 amps. And so, uh, if, if I were to get like a, a 3000 watt inverter, 
and it drew all 3000 watts for any period of time, it would kill the BMS. Um, or what would actually happen in my case is that the fuse that connects the BMS to the cutoff switch to the you know positive side of the bus bar, it would burn out before hopefully the BMS was damaged. Gotcha. But that would we need I'd to find replacing a fuses constantly. <laughs> we need to find a Tesla battery engineer because I'm I'm super curious on their process. That'd be fun. Right. If you have to do all these, what did you call it? Top balancing. Top balancing. Like, I'd love to know what is, they do in, in those cases. Yeah. Well, what is that? I mean, that's basically the battery conditioning to make sure it can yeah. charge to maximum and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and making sure they're balanced, right? Like I, I'm guessing yeah. their process is really, really um, intimate to each cell, right? Because even even with top balancing, I could find over time that charge discharge cycles mean that certain cells are going to charge faster or slower or discharge mm -hmm. faster or slower. And then that ultimately means, especially if I'm using it heavily and it doesn't have time to balance across themselves, that I've got one battery that is dangerously overcharged before another battery is at 85%. Right. And that means that I'm leaving 15% of the rated capacity of the battery on the table, basically. That would suck Did for Tesla too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And does your is your BMS intelligent enough to know it, which cell is dead yeah. if one dies? And this yeah, that's think exactly too what of it's the for. Porsche stuff, like what Porsche did, where they only show you eighty percent of the uh, the cells capacity sure. because they basically have a bunch of hot spares sitting in there, and when one dies, they can pull in another one. I think well, that and that's curious too. I would love to see the wiring on how that works because um, that that's complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Like having hot spare batteries that aren't aren't actually wired in is crazy town and and i'm not even sure it's possible so i'm maybe, not really sure how they maybe i'm that getting way. that story wrong now that i say it out loud i wonder if it was that or if it was the there was something around porsche's i think the the Taycan or whatever right the the uh, the ev where they were only showing you 80 percent, and either you could it was like in there for reserve no, i'm pretty sure that's what it was it wasn't like you could pay more and unlock more capacity no that was, was a different one that one was related yeah. to the they were only going to provide the um rebates if the oh right like if the yeah, vehicle costs less than a certain dollar met value and if yeah. it if it was under that dollar value when they sold it you get the rebate and then you could pay extra and unlock the rest of the battery and that's how they were trying to skirt it i don't actually know if they did that or if they just postulated that they could um yeah. but uh but i know that the reserve capacity i i could see a like a car manufacturer under reporting the capacity of a battery but like uh -huh. a hot spare in a vehicle like that i that would be a mess because it, i mean think of it this way if if i got another set of cells made another small 12 volt battery and put it with that battery even though even if i got identical cells if i did it a year from now i would basically be sacrificing life of the new cells to sort of match it to the old cells so you you can't really add new cells to an old battery um they all have to kind of be at exactly the same place for their life um and so they're my guess is that the matching process when they're building those is really really specific they probably balance every single cell they test a couple of cycles or more i don't know how many but that's a you know it's a life limiting thing to uh charge them discharge them fully so they probably get them as close as they can. And I mean, don't get me wrong. All of this is going to be highly automated in a Tesla facility, right? From yeah. packaging them, putting them under compression, getting them into the, the, the packages, stuff like that. Of course, that's going to come down. But even when they're loose, it's going to go into some kind of array that's going to do all of this testing, charging, discharging, et cetera. And it's going to do it as, as fast as is safe, right? Because one of the okay. limiting factors I had is that I can only predictively pump in so much voltage and amperage to a battery, and it's not very high. So getting them top balance took like a week um, because it they take a lot of electricity, right? That's what they're designed to do is hold a lot. So they took a lot to charge all the way up to 100. But all I have available to me is a, a benchtop charging dc charger and it can only do a maximum of 30 volts and 10 amps so best yeah. case scenario i'm putting 300 watts in only i never really did that because 
I don't have a 30 volt battery. <laughs> so I was able to configure them as a, uh, I think I, I configured them as a 24 volt battery briefly. And uh, that was as high as I got. And so the most I was putting in was like, I don't know, 120 something watts, just the way the amperage worked out. So it, it took a long time. Tesla, they're going to be able to take the rated capacity of the battery. They're going to put it into an array and they're going to like just juice those things. Then they're going to put them in the configuration that probably goes into the car. Again, maybe it's a dry fit and they're going to bring them all the cells up to that very high uh, watermark. And and then I imagine they cycle them, they test them, they throw out the cells that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, or they find any quality problems and then, and then do it. But I'm speculating based on my limited experience with batteries. So yeah, I agree. It would be fun to have an engineer. Um, so I just dropped this, this, uh, article in the TBP chat. And if, uh, if you're listening and you're not in there, uh, well, if you want to t.me slash text, uh, t.me slash tech breakfast, uh, or if you just want to Google it yourself, it's, uh, on jalopnik.com. J-A-L-O-P-N-I-K. But the article is an extremely detailed look at the Porsche Taycan's engine. If, if you want to Google that. But it dives way into the battery and the structure components and all this kind cool. of stuff. It is a, it is a, it's almost like an engineering diagram walkthrough. Man, this is awesome. This is, yeah, this is one of the coolest articles I've seen. Tearing apart a car like this, I'm absolutely gonna have to go through this later. Super I, cool. You and I need to just scour Copart and buy a Rex yes. Tesla because I want <laughs> to take one apart and I want to use that battery to build a home battery. And honestly, so so get this, like half of doing this one, it was it honestly it cost me less to build this battery than it did to buy one. Right. Um, right. But, but certainly for the capacity, but it, it's also like I, this is pulling up all kinds of old cobweb ridden memories from, you know, physics back in college. Uh, and, and it's the, all of the concepts are really basic to ENM electricity and magnetism. And so it's actually kind of fun for me to relive some of this stuff and I'm getting to teach my kids, but the concepts that go into building this big battery for my camper are identical if not slightly different scale wise to how you build a whole home battery backup right and yeah and the biggest difference that's what you're doing the, dude you're building one for a, for, a mobile it's just a home. small home well <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and so the biggest difference the biggest difference is that i i don't uh, like no one is going to build a battery backup for their house that's a 12 volt battery you're, sure. you're going to build a 48 volt battery. You're going to build a higher voltage battery. Um, and then I was going to ask you about that gateway or something, take advantage of it. Yeah. So I, the I could have 800 volt. Yeah, right. So the high, it, 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 the, the easiest way to think about it is you're, you're the power that goes in and out of a battery is, is measured in, in Watts, right? Watt hours, just like your house, mm -hmm. your kilowatt hours is how you, you know, kind of get billed for electricity. That's, that is a, a multiplication factor of your, your, voltage so most houses right have two 120 legs coming in you'll have some appliances that are going to be 240 or 220 you know, 110 115 120 you'll hear it all but um and then and then most of your like your wall outlets are 120 volt outlets well the reason it's a higher voltage is that you have less amperage to get the same amount of power to whatever you're you're pumping juice into or out of and the lower the amperage rating the less hot things get. So your wires aren't going to melt, your you know batteries aren't going to explode, that kind of stuff. But just generally speaking, if you can keep your amperage low, then you can get longer runs at smaller gauges. And, and mm -hmm. actually voltage drop becomes your biggest problem, right? Because a lot of devices need to see certain voltages and certain, certain amperages and stuff like that. But um, if you have a very high voltage system, then you need smaller wires to do the same thing. If you have a very low voltage system, but you still need tons and tons of power, then you need massive conductors to, to get the same job done. So you, you up the voltage of your battery, you can lessen the size of your, your, uh, your wires. The reason I stuck with a 12 volt system is A, I was replacing a 12 volt battery that was actually directly wired into the camper. And, um, and B, I have a lot of applications that are literally running off of 12 volts. 
So think yeah. your cigarette lighter and you can just plug it in. You'll have a couple of USB ports. USB right. is all designed to sort of have a 12 volt in and then it, you know, it can modify that and it gives you, you know, one amp, five volts out, whatever. But the, your, your little, little electronics will make those adjustments, but, but all of it's still kind of running on a 12 volt backbone. I didn't want to make any adjustments there. I don't want a bunch of buck converters or anything like that. And because I don't have, I haven't made the investment in the inverter side yet. Um, I, it's easier just to have 12 volts raw ready to go out into the camper and the charger that's in the camper, which I did have to swap because it, the chemistries are different. So the charge profiles look different, but those yeah. are, it's a 12 volt charger too. So I didn't want to mess with going 24 or 48 volts. Uh, now probably won't ever, I guess I'll revisit it when I break the battery apart and new multiple BMSs if I get to that. But, um, but if you're doing your house, or you're doing a car where where you're going to have massive discharge and and you want massive charge. So think about that. If you want power on the road, your your batteries need to discharge extremely fast. Which fast your voltage is set. It's kind of like how high is the wall or or the yeah. the gap that you're trying to get down. Amperage is the only way you get more power to the wheels. So if you have a low voltage system and you want to charge it quickly, you'd need a, a probably need a, a a you know like a, a cable the size of a car to get <laughs> to get the amperage <laughs> to get the amount of watts they're pumping into a car if you had a low voltage amount of system, electrons it be, yeah it would be obnoxious um so they jack that voltage up real high so they can they can do it with you know cables that are readily available they could they can take a like a four aught cable right like the size of your forearm and they can uh they can pump uh, a ton of amps in at 800 volts which means you can fill it faster kind of stuff dude listening to you just have all this knowledge in your brain uh reminds me there was i can't remember what i was listening to but there was a question that was posed and it became an interesting conversation and i remember thinking wheels versus doors I would not that one, <laughs> not that one. But I remember thinking I would love to ask this to Tyler and Russ, and I'm trying to remember exactly. I won't quote it verbatim because I just don't remember, and I haven't had anything, any coffee or anything yet this morning. But it's something along yeah. the lines of, "Okay, take everything that that humanity knows right now. Gosh. Now delete everything that's not just uh, nature and humans." How I think the I think there was two fold to this question. One of them was how long would it take to for us to get back to modernity, right? To the technology we yeah, have today. Sure. And how many how many people would you need at minimum? Assuming oh, you're taking an average sample, you just scoop up an average number of people. How many it's, it's people? And how long experiment. would it take? It really is. I, it really if is. If you pick the wrong people, I don't know that we'd ever get back to a society that looks the same way. <laughs> right. And and I say but you that, don't know I which ones you're picking. So how many? No, of yeah. course, yeah. Like if you pick them at random, well, exactly. And and if if yeah, I think you honestly, if if you were given this and like somebody was going to snap their fingers Thanos style and make it happen, you'd want to go do a lot of statistical analysis to determine how many, like how many physicists dental surgeons, neuroscientists, like yeah. every science, you'd have to figure out what the per capita is globally. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd, you'd want to pick a number that gives you a high likelihood of getting all of them. But even then, I would argue that the, the amount of tribal knowledge uh, that, that was like the underpinning for how something like the internet actually got started, right? Uh, and, and maybe that's a bad example because I think people would probably redo that completely differently anyways. But when you start to get the, more fundamental, right? Like, there. like what, when what you get would, more fundamental, different. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things. I think I, everything arguably we would, we could, we could probably, I, I don't, I have no, no guess at all how long it would take. I'm certain that if you took modern humans and you had enough of them that you captured enough knowledge, people would remember, well, speakers used to work how did that happen right like let's let's talk yeah. that through and then somebody's going to know just enough about enm to say well i know how you get that cell to do this so i can take an analog symbol signal and i can do these things and you know you, somebody will know enough about lenses law whether they could write it all down or not then you'd get your mathematicians uh and and they would be the ones trying to re-describe everything you know fundamentally in a mathematical yeah. way which, which becomes more predictable but they're I, I feel Nothing like there's written really, down to remember. Remember that. There's right. No, for I know. Either it's all in your well, brain. And that's, 
but that's the, the beauty brain. of that's the beauty of I think the physics and mathematics, right? Is that I I probably could not write down ninety percent of the things that I have learned about antennas and batteries and electric systems and all that sort of stuff, but the way they work just fundamentally makes sense. Like they you're you're just taking advantage of how the world works. And it gets more and more difficult the more asinine the application is and the more, uh, I guess, precise you want to be in it. But like the way that charge moves doesn't change whether I can describe it mathematically or not. Mm. And if you, put, if you put certain things in line, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're going to blow a lot of stuff up on accident. <laughs> sure, trying to recreate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I the think it would, laws I think of nature work. don't change, right? The laws of physics, <laughs> exactly, the laws of exactly. all that, yeah. But my so, brain goes down the route of like, maybe somebody knows how to make a cell phone or mobile phone, whatever. But you also have to have the people that can, that know how to get the ingredients no. to make the components yeah, to put this that's, thing together, And that's, that's right? what I'm saying. Like, we, we wouldn't build back the way that, that we were because, it, and this is where I was saying, when I say tribal knowledge, um, Sure, there are going to be some applications where it's like literally like, well, actually, I have no idea how that that keystone was ever made. Like, it's always just been there, yeah. and so I can make I can make whatever, but that keystone is actually critical. And I don't know where it came from or how it was produced, right? So there are going to be applications where you're going to have stuff like that. And I don't have a good example because I don't think I'm responsible for any keystones in modern technology. But your example, cell phones, stuff like that. Okay, great. You know how to assemble a cell phone and make it work and test it. Maybe, maybe you even have a friend that knows enough to program the darn thing in its special little language, right? But who knows how to get the cobalt out of the ground? Who's making the exactly. wafer? Who's going to undo or or redo like the fundamental science that went into producing computer chips in the first place. Well, so and, give me, give me a and time. You've horizon. got a cell phone like, in your head, but we're going to have to start with mainframes or, or not mainframes, but computers, the size of closets, right? Like it took a <laughs> long time to figure out how to do this small. <laughs> well, listen, so if everything went away, we would get fire pretty quick. We would get the oh, wheel sure. pretty quick. Yeah. We would get uh, hammers and nails pretty quick. We would get optical lenses pretty quick. Um, you, you, we could probably get paper pretty quick, right? You could get gunpowder, yeah. you could get yeah, printing yeah. press pretty quick, uh, figure out electricity pretty quick, you know, engines maybe, but how do, like, how long does it take to if, get, if you whole... had everyone, well, I take that back. If you had everyone, we'd probably have so much infighting that there would be death instead of, you know, modern modernity. Right. Um, people are awful, but you bring up really good points. Like, basic really basic stuff we're basically going to have overnight like everybody's going to be able to get that stuff going yeah the if everyone from like a mind share perspective is still here so if all the knowledge that we have as individuals even though it's not written down i bet we could shortcut uh to where we're at from a knowledge perspective by like half it's still going to take decades to make like yes. intel intel again but Making Intel Intel again, I probably starts a lot faster. Because I, Dude, I how, wouldn't be surprised. Even to like, find how long would it take us? A lot of knowledge there. How long would it take us to get to time, like universal time? Like time exists, oh, right? But but in terms of everyone being at the same time around the really world, like point. having global communication, is just I don't know. It's a really interesting, really interesting. That thought. is that's a neat thought experience. So would you I say know. you, you stay like a couple guess. decades? No, well, I think I don't know. It it all depends on the the beginning curve, right? Like without global communications, how much knowledge don't you have, and and yeah. how much copper can you get in right. Texas if uh, if you can't communicate with the other side of the world, and you don't have like we wouldn't we wouldn't even have ways to get to other continents. The knowledge of them existing doesn't really help <laughs> right. you get there. Like yeah. you can't just get in a dinghy that you made out of trees in your backyard and and row to China. <laughs> and if yeah. you can't row to China, where do you get your nickel? <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? So, no, I know that's nuts. So we could have a ton of stuff. We would have to start writing everything down really, really fast. Like 
Everything yeah. you remember about anything you ever did needs to be in a document as soon as possible. So somebody needs to figure out paper real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen this movie. I, I think and love this movie. Um, it's about the Beatles, but it's a movie called Yesterday. From, oh, yes. That was uh, awesome. Yes. And that's what I imagine when I first heard this thought experiment, right? Because the the guy, uh, cool. I think his name is Jack in the movie. Um, yeah furiously like when he realizes that this is all in his head and no one else has it yeah just like it, it, he becomes obsessed with trying to get it all out of his head and and written down um yeah but yeah that then how do you great. communicate I how do you find that. other people that are that are, that, that kind of know this same stuff and like basically everyone would be walking around broadcasting hey this is what i know what do you know how can we, I, I don't know. But that's the problem is if everyone was still alive, they wouldn't. We'd probably just go straight to guns and butter. Like <laughs> <laughs> guns and butter. Would we Somebody ever would make figure it out how to grow? No, no. That's it. If everyone were still alive and all modern things disappeared overnight, we would just evolve like immediately. It would be, a, it would be sad. <laughs> so what's the minimum amount then? What's the minimum number of people you think? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's, that's, where you, that's where you're playing dice at whether or not you're going to lose something so fundamental that like it it will take eons to get back to it. I don't even know. I I just we're approaching it, eight billion people. You think if we if we had one billion? I would. I mean, what's that? If I think it depends on where you are, right? Like if you're in a large metropolitan area and all of a sudden houses just disappeared and it was you nature and you know a million people like that's not gonna that's not gonna be pretty because you're gonna <laughs> run true. out of food you're gonna run out of food like that which means Ooh, everybody's just gonna fight that? to eat yeah how many how many people think how many people do you know could actually sustain themselves without mm, i didn't like, think about food this problem tech. yeah i didn't yeah, think about that part no. of the problem i was just thinking about the how how quickly could we get there but yeah, no, we, we yeah, would not be worried about writing of... down how batteries work. We'd be trying to figure out how to feed everybody. Yeah. So you don't want a mm. physicist for that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, so you're we... going to want to pay attention to the basic needs. You're going you're gonna to want framers, <laughs> people that know how to make nails out of raw material in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in, in the gardener in your community, right? Because uh, it's going to get real ugly real fast. On the bright side, at least you wouldn't have a bunch of you know automatic weapons coming to try to take your uh, your green peppers. At least not on day That's one. That's true. It, yeah, it'd be spears. <laughs> yep. You're gonna you're gonna have wall building. Where should get your mason right? Especially if they know how to take again the sand in your backyard and make mortar out of it. <laughs> so do we approach this like Age of Empires, the game? I think right? yeah, where, probably. Where, we just think about the uh, the original. Gosh, I would worry about the people that know things that we need. That you'd want to protect die. that knowledge, right? It we yeah. the dynamic would change so so fast because the kings out of the gate would just be the ones that have good ideas and know how to implement like irrigation and drinking water and and, and again just food, basic, yeah. absolutely basic stuff. And then anyone who's able to build shelter figuring that out i mean I, some of it is quote simple but not complicated yeah, shelter or and, any of that yeah yeah and and if okay. uh again if everything disappeared overnight if uh if the impact that we've had on like livestock wasn't changed in that moment like that could be really weird it could be good too in some places well we still have a lot of cows of course we don't have feed or you know fences so it would be mm. weird. I like it. This is yeah. fun. This is a fun thought experiment. I could I could go down that rabbit hole for days. Yeah, this is a super interesting conversation. All right, well, we'll bring Russ back because I'm sure he'll, or uh, I want to bring the question back up whenever Russ comes back up. <laughs> um, and uh, and get because he'll tell you, you know, he'll just be very confident. I'll say, he'll say something like, um, gosh, what will he say? He'll say it with a lot of confidence and it'll be like, yeah, yeah. Exactly he'll have here. an answer. It will be yeah, one answer immediately. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very All right. safe. Is that our show? Very safe. Is that our show? Anything else we need to talk about here? Uh, well, yes, actually, I do think we should talk about one thing. Uh, so Elon's actually buying Twitter uh, on our last oh, show, yes. which was a week ago. It was all speculation. Uh, did not see that happening as quickly as it happened. Um, it certainly seemed like there was more back and forth to go, but by by all accounts, it appears that that is on track. 
Um, I, I mean, I know there are still things that could prevent that from actually going through, but um, well, there's stuff to figure out too. People sure. are saying it's kind of like the it's kind of like the dog that caught the bus, you know? Yeah. Now he what? Caught it. He's like, <laughs> now what? <laughs> right. So he's trying to secure additional funding uh, sure. from from some other investors. But yeah, I'm, seems like I, it's happening. I'm super. And then I curious. saw an article this morning. He's trying to. He's. He, I guess he's already talking. He's already about, talking about IPOing. Yes, IPOing it yeah. within about three years. Well, see, and that makes sense because the IPO process is going to make him a bunch of money. Um, and and I, I doubt, I mean, he's wealthy enough that I'm sure it's not just a dollars and cents problem. But I mean, he's, again, I he didn't, I sincerely doubt that Elon Musk leaned into this with no expectations of what it looks like in the future. He's not just YOLOing billions on a social media platform. He, he is trying to accomplish something or some things. Um, it is, I, I refuse to believe that this is just him being goofy. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it could I'm be, trying dude. to be proven wrong. But <laughs> it could be. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's going to be interesting. Uh, I I I am particularly keen to see how moderation changes on Twitter as a platform as he as his influence increases. Um, because I know what he says, but I think we also have a lot of data to support that you can't just let the internet figure itself out. It always ends badly. <laughs> and I, I feel like there were some really good threads on Twitter and elsewhere about that. Like uh, well, it was one of the founding members of uh, Reddit, I think had a really good thread on it. Yeah. And, and, and basically if, if I'm remembering it well enough, like the biggest takeaway I got from it was the social media platforms don't want to change your behavior. They just want you to be nice. Like we, we have entirely different goals than feeding you garbage or or sentiment or anything like that we want to sell you stuff basically we want to harvest what we know about you for financial gain we we don't want to moderate you into a corner but people left to their own devices just can't be nice on the internet dude dude sorry my brain skipped backwards like 10 minutes how would you write anything <laughs> down we don't have pens no i know that's why i said like, you'd even have to if you have paper, paper and recording devices it's like really fast shark charcoal on stone or something yeah, this is we'd go to stone tablets there you go <laughs> my goodness so, i'm sorry don't leave those stone exactly. cutters behind Golly. yeah yeah try uh, i you know you know what what it made me go to in my head really fast uh which i really really enjoy um and would definitely want at least one of these people on on team gates are the um the YouTube channels like primitive technology yes. where they just start with mud and a stream in their backyard. And, you know, like half a year later, they've got a, a water hammer so they can, you know, make something <laughs> more advanced, but, a water but, hammer? It, but even that, right. Like, uh, I remember I, I watched some of those. I, I, it would be cool. You would need them early on, but then oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. okay, but but this guy in particular, like the primitive technology guy, you know, he starts yeah. with literally nothing, and then yeah. slowly he builds more and more tools, more and more advanced tools, more and more capable tools to the point where he's like smelting iron to make more strong structures and and tools. But even even that, even with his knowledge, he acknowledged that he had to get like raw earth shipped in from other places because his backyard, his acreage did not contain sufficient mm. ferrous material to do what he wanted to do next. So yeah. he's treating it like he's got, you know, nothing, right? Which is totally yeah. fair, but he but actually hit materials. a wall where he just doesn't have the raw material available to him where he is. And that was where my point, great. You know how to do everything with a cell phone. Where do you get cobalt? Yeah. Good freaking luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have boats yet. So how long, not, how long till we, we have, have refrigerators? How long till we have refrigerators? Oh my gosh, ages. Right. Again, back to the food problem. Yeah. Food storage is a huge, huge problem if in in non-modern times, right? Like keeping it, keeping it, getting it like cool. There's a, a billion cattle in like middle America. Get it to Florida. Mm. You don't have trains. We don't even have saddles. <laughs> <laughs> so cool part of the world Dude, and if meat. it's a if it's a thanos moment 
I'm just trying to play out in my mind exactly. Like anywhere where you are, exactly everything man-made is gone. Um, let's let's pretend everybody that was up in the air or like you know elevated on a on a structure or something would they just be set on the it. ground, right? No, no, no. Uh, they set set on the they, ground they if they're part it. of the if they're part of the percentage <laughs> or something. Oh, I which see. which makes which makes like Manhattan a really interesting thing because now you no, have that's, what. Eighty they would, bajillion people within four square miles. It would take like miles. two minutes for them to be curious, and then all of a sudden they're just be gouging. Like everyone, right. they would just so, they would devolve immediately. Also, Manhattan. Well, let's come back here to North. Most Texas. people wouldn't be able to get back to the mainland anyways. How Correct. well can you swim? No bridges. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, no bridges. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, but how fast and how long would it take for you to even find somebody you know outside of your immediate neighbors? Right. Well, your, the your people family who are directionally challenged should have a real tough time. Yeah. But even the people who aren't directionally challenged would would, would be in for it, right? Because you'd yeah. be going through the badlands with no food to try to find your people. Would you like ass- what? You're you half an hour that- from me in a car. That's yeah. like two days walking. Sure. Yeah. And, and would and I? If you're looking I for something. That you're go- probably not going to be where I am. See, exactly. if the That's world's going to do I, this, we should probably have meetup places. <laughs> right now. <laughs> we should prep for this. Actually, I think there's a whole part of the community in the world that does this already. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we should I'm glad we down. went back to that. But if, if we stay on this podcast any longer, we're going to keep coming back to it because that really is a fun topic. It I is, don't, man. I can't, even, I can't even imagine. Would I, would so I ever fun. see you again? Would I ever see you again? Almost it's certainly not. Like, <laughs> I'm serious. Not. Like what? Because I don't know why that's so what, funny like, to me because it's probably true. <laughs> yeah. No. It, like what? How would we find each other? And and would finding each other even be a priority over? Right. Oh no. How food? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's just say in my neighborhood, I'm I'm figuring out how to eat coyotes real fast. <laughs> yeah. You are literally. Uh, what what is happening here? So well by road, yeah, it's like twenty nine minutes, seventeen miles. What's it say? Walking, <laughs> walking five hours and forty minutes. Oh, that's not nearly as bad as I thought. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. I would I I would be able to find you if the roads existed. Ah, I think I could find house, I could find your house. I could find your house. I think I could find you ge- like geographically. I could get within, you know, like a half a mile of your house walking. Yeah. But, but that would not get me to you, and I would probably die of exhaustion before I got there. Not exposure. <laughs> I, I, no food, no water. I could probably and like your parents. Away. Your parents are much farther. And oh there's gosh, many, you know, many more people between you. Back, back to if everyone survived. Do you know how quickly we would run out of drinkable water? Yeah. Like we'd have a million people. Let's go back to Manhattan, like 20 million people or whatever number is there and no sewage treatment or sewage. Mm. It would literally just be poop in like 24 hours. (laughs) The whole place. (laughs) (laughs) So would you just, I mean, we live near a lake, right? The two of us, uh, would you move towards the lake or would you move away from people? I wouldn't. No, I would stay right where I am because there aren't as many people here as there would be elsewhere. And I have the stream in my backyard. So uh, assuming yeah. that didn't well, stream for well, now. See, but, the, but the problem is the lake and the stream are, are both going to, well, shoot, man. I'm not even sure I'd have a house. I should look at that. If, if, if dams went away, how much of North Texas would have water at all? Yeah. That's like none too. of it. I'm not even sure I'd still have a stream with water in it at that point. Ugh. See, these are things God, I don't no, know. See, now I'm stuck between. Yeah, would you would you try to stay near population to do yeah, the I think mind you, share you thing, just, right? To build, I think you'd establish you a tribe away? really fast. But but that yeah. tribe would would need to find a source of water really fast. So like the Trinity okay, River. So back to how many people then? So we're assuming a Oof. good amount of people will die within six months, nine months. Would you say at you your need hands at least a, is you're a gorilla? Would you, <laughs> would you need would you need at least a billion people to make sure you have enough people to build back? I 
I, I think you're worrying about the wrong things. A billion okay. people is a billion people you have to feed. I you know, honestly, if if you took all Start modern with ten thousand, would you ever make it back? You, you'd want to see. You'd want to see how many like how many humans could you sustain? And I don't think it's a very big number. Yeah. I mean, when did when did the Earth's population hit a billion? Right. If you have, but if you have too few people, that's a good question. But if you have too few people and it's just a percentage thing where it's like a Thanos finger snap, now you have a bunch yeah, of isolated you're going to lose people. a ton of knowledge. Sure. But they, yeah, well, they you have lose a ton the of resources knowledge. to survive though. And then you have like <laughs> one person for all of DFW. They have the resources to survive <laughs> for sure. Probably I mean, not could, the knowledge. Live their entire, yeah, they could live their entire lives just off of <laughs> the pantries alone within DFW. No, those are gone. Whatever. Pantries are gone. Sorry, the food that was... Oh, I guess it's the food gone too. Anything, any, yeah, any food that's made, processed, processed. Yeah. Oh, maybe okay. you get lucky and you'd have like five days of vegetables, uh, assuming those didn't get picked up because they're. If you're well, listening I, to this, but how much technology yeah. goes away? Do you lose like all? Do you lose all a- animal husbandry? Do you lose uh, genetic modification, whether it was man-made or man-influenced? Like, yeah. do we go back I mean, to like having one kind of tomato? <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think about that. I'm just saying whether it was GMO yeah. or you just kept crossbreeding because we figured out how to do that and spliced trees and stuff. Do we lose all of it? Is is that all okay. considered technology? Is it natural? Like I got more questions now. Back to doors and, and wheels. Yeah. So if you're if you're still <laughs> listening, if you haven't hung up on this ridiculousness, <laughs> um, and you're either a Tesla battery engineer, we'd love to have you on the show, or you have some really great answers to this thought experiment. We'd love to get you on the show and talk through this. We want to hear your speculation. This show might just become what if. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe right. that's it. We're, we're going to have to start a special segment. We're going to take out, uh, I forget the author's name now, but the what if books. And we're gonna we're gonna make our own guesses, and then we're gonna read his answers and realize how much stuff we don't know. Because uh, Randall Monroe, yes, Randall Monroe. There you go. XKCD is proprietor. Uh, those books are great, by the way. They're tons of fun. What if? I think what there's if? one or two already, and I think a third one is coming out. Um, yeah, serious scientific answers to absurd hypothetical questions. Oh, I love it. My the first one I read, and I want to say it was like the cornerstone piece was what if you threw a baseball faster than or at the speed of light basically mm-hmm. and then he he explains effectively how that baseball even when he makes assumptions right like it's not moving that fast until it actually leaves the pitcher's hand uh it's actually going like 0.99 c because everything gets turned up to, upside down if it's actually going you know the speed of light and then he talks about how it it just becomes a nuclear explosion and the batter dies before he even sees the ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm buying this for my kids. My daughters would love this book. Oh my goodness! It is brilliant. They're all brilliant. I love them. I mean, I, I got to find my copy, pull it down. I they, my kids are probably the right Add to start the cart. that. But but I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I think there's a new one this year. Actually, uh, there's one coming out. Um, I, maybe it's not a what if, but I think it is. So, anyways, highly suggest it. Uh, wish they were sponsored, but they're not. So. Thanks for coming. That's the end of this episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tolerating our shenanigans. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.